up, everybody? This is Kenzie from Daring to Cowboy on Instagram. And this is Abby from Truly OTTB, and you're listening to the Stirrup Conversations podcast. As the equestrian industry continues to evolve, more questions are being asked and more focus is being placed on the welfare of our equine athletes. We're sitting down to talk about this progression, hear from fellow equestrians, and discuss how to continue to better ourselves and our horses. Boom. super excited to be here. Um, I think my my story is a long and convoluted one, so I will do my best to be as concise as possible as I explain it, but um, I think really it's it's a little bit different than than some people I know because I actually did not grow up with horses. Um, and obviously today I'm super I have two horses really involved in um, the horse industry and super interested in it, consumes my life completely. But um, I, growing up, always really loved horses. I watched every horse movie, um, had horse girl energy, like I'm sure both of you did as well, Um, but really didn't have an outlet to enjoy horses in real life, despite um, growing up in Texas. And so um, it was always kind of like a, a distant, thing that I really cared about, but didn't get to um, partake in. And so over the years growing up, I did um, different sports, like I did club volleyball pretty competitively, which is also really big in Texas. Um, I did swim team and uh, I, I liked the like participating in those sports and I was decently good at them. But 
they didn't really, um, I guess, fulfill me in the way that I would, I would have hoped. And so, um, get growing up and then kind of moving on and going to college, which I, uh, I moved from Houston, Texas to Austin to attend college. Um, and at that point in time, I, um, met my now husband Riley. And when I met him, I sort of realized how he had all these hobbies and he was an extremely passionate person. And I was kind of taking a step back, looking at my life and wondering like, okay, well, I've had, you know, hobbies here and there, but I haven't really had one thing that's like, you know, driving me forward every day that I'm head over heels passionate about that I, you know, you're what drives you when you get up, what you go to bed, falling asleep, thinking about. And so I actually was really inspired by by him to, um, you know, finally get into horses and actually take lessons. And um, so I, I didn't start I didn't take my first horseback riding lesson until I was maybe 22 or 23 years old. Um, I had just graduated college. I had uh, a full-time job. I was making decent money. Um, and I was like, I'm just gonna finally kind of go after this thing that I've always really been interested in um, and kind of see where it takes me. So um I did join beginner, I was in beginner lessons with very small children when I was in my 20s, um, which is funny to think back on. Um, you know, I was learning like how to halter a horse, how to put a saddle on, what does posting a trot mean, very, very basics. Um, and so I, I did that for about um, three months and then right around that time, we actually ended up moving from Austin to the Seattle area where Riley is from. Um, and so I left behind, you know, this, this barn that I had had my introduction to horses with, I'd gr grown really close with the barn owner, I would stay late and uh, drink a beer with her and feed the horses. And it was just this really great experience. And I was, you know, so excited to be learning about horses and getting to ride horses. And uh, learning everything for the first time and then left that and and moved to Seattle and was kind of trying to figure out like where do I go next I'm still a super beginner um, and I just had just such a positive experience that I was um, a little bit naive in thinking that every horse person I would meet would have good intentions would um, so somehow be similar and uh, came to find out that is definitely not true. Um, unfortunately, there are not only great people in the horse industry, but um, so fast forward to I'm, I'm in Seattle and trying to kind of figure out where, where I'm going to continue riding. And so um, I actually ended up meeting this random woman um, who had advertised, she had three horses uh, she had advertised on Craigslist that um, she lived or the horses were boarded near this beautiful equestrian park called Bridal Trails. Um, anyone in the Washington area, if they're familiar with it, it's like this gorgeous, there's tons of trails and outdoor arenas that anybody can use. And so it was really intriguing to me. And so um, I, I started t doing trail rides with this woman and, um, Unfortunately, to make a very long story a little bit shorter, um, I started to kind of learn things about this woman that, um, 
maybe she wasn't the best person to be sort of learning, you know, really early uh, foundational horsemanship skills from. Um, and it wasn't really apparent until a couple of things happened. Um, but basically at that point in time, she had convinced me that I should be caroleasing this, uh, this amazing mare off, off track mare named Bella. She was such an angel. when I think back to like how much she put up with me, not knowing anything at all. But, um, I kind of found myself in a situation where I was an extreme beginner I'm caroleasing a horse way too soon. We're, you know, galloping through the trails. It's not safe. I, I don't know even what groundwork is. I barely know how to ride. I have someone who definitely doesn't have my best interest in mind. Um, and then just a couple other, I won't go into too much detail of, of why that relationship was bizarre for many reasons, but um, basically just some very, some very obvious strange things happened, like, stealing hay and supplements and and just all sorts of bad bad things and so it became very apparent that this was like not a good situation and so I ended up um as much as I loved you know having the freedom of of riding Bella whenever I wanted to and access to this these these trails I ended up calling her owner and saying like hey I think you need to come pick her up because I just, I really don't feel comfortable in the situation I'm in with this woman that I thought could be like a mentor. Um, and just an example of, of, of things that she would do as well with her horses. Um, they would immediately, you know, if she walks into the paddock, they would run away. Um, she would grab them by their tail to try to like catch them. Just awful things that like I didn't see until it was too late. And even though I didn't know anything about horsemanship back then, any normal person could see that and say like, uh, I don't know if that's really the right way to go about things. So um, again, kind of trying to make a long story short with that situation, but basically that was kind of my first bad experience um, in the horse world. And it was really early on. This is still like, I'm not even a year into riding horses. And um, I was like a little bit shaken up by it just by uh, kind of realizing like how much I, I had really gotten away with so much. Like again, that horse, Bella, she was such a saint, you know, I could have gotten really hurt. I was being dangerous without even knowing it. And also just being around a, a very shady person um, and so then I kind of was like, okay, I need to go, I need to take, I need to still be in beginner lessons. I am nowhere near equipped to be leasing a horse. I don't know anything. Um, and so I found a new barn and, um, it was definitely a really big change because the barn I went to is really focused on like foundational training, natural horsemanship, making sure you get everything, you know, done well on the ground and so to me I was like oh well I've been galloping through these beautiful trails and now I have to learn what groundwork is and there's all these rules about how you you uh put a bridle on a horse or all these things that are actually extremely important and things that I really care about now but it was definitely kind of a hard transition to go from having all of this um freedom to then kind of being in a more like controlled lesson environment but um it was actually the best thing I did at that point in time and so I was in I was a part of this lesson program um with really great horses many of them I 
still think about and like really missed writing. And so just, just got to really learn from um, some really talented people who uh, were putting safety first and horsemanship first. And so that was really, really great for me. And um, that's actually how I came to own Willow. Um, And so my barn owner at the time, she knew I was kind of expressing interest after a couple of years of lessons, like really steadily taking two to three week, uh, two to three times a week lessons. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready now to branch out into uh, horse ownership. And so um, my barn owner at the time was like, okay, well, I actually know this woman who's selling this mare. She's, you know, she hasn't been in work for basically the last two years, but she's still young enough. Like she was nine at the time and she's, um, you know, has the foundation there, but just isn't really actively being used and it might be a good fit for you. And so um, drove down to meet Willow. And of course, you know, the second I saw her was like, this is my horse. I don't care how the test ride goes. Like she met me at the gate. She was absolutely beautiful. I was just like, I instantly knew like I was going to buy this horse no matter, no matter what, um, which I think happens to a lot of people. Um, and so ended up buying Willow and she came home and was in, um, full-time training at my barn, just really, um, getting her kind of back into work after she'd been out for so long. And then, um, So she was working with some of the trainers really frequently. And then also I was getting a lot of lessons because she was really, um, it was quite different going from these really, really nice, super well broke um, lesson horses to now this horse that's like got a really big motor. She's really, uh, she can be really touchy. She's, you know, forward, she's hot, she's expressive. She's very different than any other horse I'd ever ridden. And so um, we stayed in, you know, frequent lessons and training rides for quite a while and then kind of reached a point um, after about a year of that where I started to want to kind of branch away from more of the the training and, and the technique and kind of more like our relationship building. And at the time I was like, just starting to learn about Warwick Schiller, who, if anyone's listening, knows me, knows how I, anything Warwick Schiller says, I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Like I wish we could have him on the podcast right now and also move him into the conversation. Cause I just think he's fantastic. But, um, I, I really like when I started kind of learning about a lot of stuff he was doing, it opened my eyes to viewing my relationship with her different. And so I ended up moving Willow from that barn purely to just have her um, closer to me and also have her in a a, kind of like a calmer environment where we would have more alone time and and not have lessons going on and uh, not be in a training program and really just sort of focus on the two of us and like actually getting to know each other. Um, Cause she was, she was doing well in training, but I always had this underlying feeling of like, you're, you're, willing to be, I guess, compliant, but you're not like, you're still, I can see that there's anxiety there. Like, I don't fully understand it yet. Um, I was still really just not, um, again, like I was just getting into all the Warwick stuff. So I wasn't reading some at the time, what would have been really obvious signs to me now of distress. And so, you know, it, it was just, she needed 
some horses, um, you know, they handle stress or um, just situations differently. Some of them can be in, in training and they are fine with it. Some of them really need one person only to be connected to and need more of a quiet environment. So I think that was the case for her. And so um, moved her to my new barn that um, is very low key. There's, I probably ride more than anybody else there. Um, so I, I get this huge indoor covered arena to myself all the time, which is amazing. I don't understand, but I, I'm super grateful for it. And um, really started to kind of look at my relationship with Willow really differently. And, and one of the first things I did was um, if you follow Warwick Schiller and you know that if you go to approach your horse and they sort of um, move away or look away from you in any sort of way, it's a sign that they're uncomfortable no matter how small it is. And so the first time I did that with her, um, I was probably like 10 feet away from her which is a decent amount of, of space. And I go to walk up to her like I normally would have in the past without thinking about it. And she kind of moves her head to not dramatically, but not, not looking at me. And so I started doing that like approach and retreat method. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. And she yawned probably 50 times in a row. And that is what changed everything for me because I realized, I realized two things. One was, wow, like I have been ignoring you so like more than I had any sort of comprehension of, um, because you just let out 50 on, you had that much anxiety and stress built up that you had that much to let out. And two, that was the point of like, I can't unsee what I just saw. I can't unfeel like what all of that, all those emotions I got just from that experience. And I, I'm never going to be able to look at horse training the same or consent with horses or, or any of the, all, all these things I'm really passionate about now. So that I started doing things like that at once we were at the newborn and just like really getting to know each other more, really giving her space when she needed it. Um, changing my perspective on like, um, different reactions she may or may not have. She tends to be a horse that's more outwardly reactive instead of um, going like more inwards or dull and, and understanding, you know, like, Hey, that actually means that you're nervous or scared or something hurts or you're confused or I didn't communicate properly. Like really just like dissecting every single thing I was doing and um, you know, going back to the basics of like, this is all I'm going to, teach you how to be bridled again because you are rushing through that and nervous just really every single piece of stuff that when you think about like oh she's at that point in time 10 years old and like she's a nice broke horse and I'm sitting there like reteaching her how to put a bridle on it, it would be confusing to some people but um I really enjoyed doing that and so um at the same time, I also was really learning about um, more about like body work and ways to relieve like physical stress or pain. Um, and I bought a red light therapy tool and all sorts of like back on track stuff and just really started to like get into that as well. Um, and so all of that was just really like trying to create 
more of a relationship and also just make her more comfortable physically and emotionally. Um, and then that in turn, uh, kind of opened up a new inner perspective of me of, of being more in the, in the moment and realizing how much I had been rushing through, not just like training with her, but like my own life and, and that's a whole other, like, if I start going down that tangent, it'll be um, way longer than just this intro already is. But to kind of round things out, I would say um, that those, like, moments when I first really started doing um, sort of that work of just, like, listening to exactly what Willow was telling me is what really changed everything and then sort of um, gave me the confidence to then purchased Tammy, who, for those who don't know, is my now, today, she's actually 10 months old, um, my little filly, um, and that's been a whole adventure um, (laughs) of itself, and um, she's just, like, absolutely the sweetest little filly ever. She does not have a mean bone in her body. She's silly she's um just like it's such a joy to be around and is really challenging me um because she's very very different than willow and so um yeah i've been really enjoying working with her and teaching her you know the very basics and and fundamentals but um that was a super super long kind of intro story but i i hope that um everyone listening could kind of could kind of follow it and um yeah, I think that's, I'll, I'll pause there. No, I love that. I, Abby and I were having a conversation like this recently about like what it was like to have a, have a background in the horses. And like, for me, I grew up in it. So it's since I was six, you know, like it's been doing it kind of one way. And then um, I'm in my early 20s, so it was probably like two, two and a half years ago is when everything kind of started changing. And I had like an entire mental breakdown of just like realizing that I knew nothing. <laughs> um, I know that like, feeling. <laughs> after 16 years, like that's really, really hard to accept because, you know, there's like that part of you that's like, well, I grew up in this, like this is, this is who I am. Like, it was like my identity. Um, so I get what you said. Cause, uh, I remember the first time I, like it hit me. I literally complete breakdown, just like complete, like, and yeah, I've never been able to do it the same just because they've made it so abundantly clear. And it's, it's really humbling, but yeah, I, we were just talking about that. We yeah. we were, <laughs> we were, yeah. I think it's really interesting, too, because once you, you can't, like, unsee something, right? Like, it's, we say this about horses all the time. They don't unlearn things. Like, they know things forever. You can't unteach a horse something. And I think um, people are the same way. And once you see things about them that you didn't see before, it's almost like you're enlightened. Like, you can't, you can't go back to the way that you were before I think though at least for me um I questioned myself for a long time in it because um like Kenzie I mean since I was six you know um it was a part of my life so it was like a lifetime 
of knowledge that I, or, you know, quote knowledge, um, that I was going against and making the change. And it's really hard, even though once you know, you know, you still question it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, there's probably at least once or twice a week still where I'll, I'll be either experiencing something with Willow or Tammy when I'm training them where I'm like, man, I, you know, I, I try really hard to get it right. And I still, I still make mistakes. I still don't get it right. I still could have looked at it with a different perspective, um, which I think is there's, um, I think it's kind of inevitable and that it's, it's nice if you can look at it with a perspective of I'm, I will always be, learning, you know, to be like a student of the horse is to, to be constantly learning and, um, getting new information. And it's all about how you react to it. And, um, it can be hard if you're someone who tends to be like, I, I tend to unfortunately be a little bit of a perfectionist. And so it can be hard to have those moments in time where I'm like, oh, I just, you know, really messed that up. And, um, but the, but the good thing is horses are so forgiving. It's, it's honestly mind blowing to me. Um, and I, I think about that all the time about things. Obviously I've never done something intentionally cruel or abusive, but I think about before I knew any better and I would be working with Willow and it's like, Oh, I got to keep moving your feet because X, Y, or Z isn't happening. And like, I'm stressed out. You're stressed out. This is a horrible situation. I don't know like how to get out of it. And also like teach you what I was originally trying to teach you. This is back. I'm ta- I'm referencing like years ago, not my, you know, recent horsemanship journey. But um, I think back to like those moments where I'm like, wow, I was like, I was the one causing your panic and stress. And you were very clearly telling me that. And I just didn't have the knowledge or tools to do any differently. And, um, you know, she's not holding a grudge against me. And so I think that's um, something that's really powerful about kind of like the acceptance of of your journey of where you've been, where you are now and, and where you'll be. And maybe a year from now, I'll look back and think, what was I doing January of 2023? Like I wouldn't do that now, but it's, I'm doing the best with like the experience and and knowledge that I have today. Yeah. I love that. I, we were just talking about that. Um, Literally. I think, I think I told Abby this last week, but Rian is like super, super great about telling me what I'm doing wrong in like a very gentle way. Um, Jess is kind of more on the like, she puts you in your place really fast, um, where Rian's a little bit more gentle with me. Um, <laughs> but even like just, I was in my head, I don't even remember what I was thinking about at this point, but I, it was gonna drop and like, below the 20s and I'm in Georgia so they don't grow with super heavy coat because we get crazy weather all the time so like their coats are never amazing and I was just gonna throw his blanket on just because he's a little fragile a little little thoroughbred and he gets his little (laughs) shivers so I just wanted to keep him comfortable and I like completely disregarded everything we've been doing 
like pulled my happy my happy butt into his stall and threw his blanket on and he kind of like nipped my hip a little bit like um excuse me <laughs> like what are you doing and I literally like I just had to stop and like wow I really I really messed that up like what an idiot but then five minutes later you know you make it right and he I put his blanket on and he was good and he like forgets it so quickly and it's mind-blowing to me because I can't forgive anybody that quickly (laughs) (laughs) I know I I I think um that's something too that you can start to think about the things that you admire in your horses um and I think a lot of them share the the common trait of you know they don't hold grudges they're um physically incapable of it um but there's a lot I think to kind of the way that they interact with both people and one another that um I think if if us humans could get some of uh some of that out of the way we would we would be a lot better off um but yeah yeah I agree. yeah I agree for sure people are not as um forgiving as our horses and you know back to them expressing their opinions um gizmo's very forgiving and we've learned together uh along the way which has become one of the more beautiful parts about our relationship but he is he is not quiet and he's not gentle about expressing when i've done something unfavorable which has helped me move along a little bit quicker, I think, because like I said, he's just, he's not nice. He's very expressive. He stands up for himself. Like if I do something that he doesn't like, I will know about it. I won't have to be like, Oh, was that this? No. Like I, I will always know when (laughs) something is um, unfavorable for him, which I really appreciate, but was, um, was a learning curve still. He doesn't hold things against me, but um he's he's not soft about (laughs) the way he feels which I've learned uh learned that from him I've always kind of been like we talked about this um in the last podcast I was kind of just a doormat for most of my life like I would just let things happen and uh you know deal with it later but I've kind of learned from him that if if we get our thoughts and our feelings out in the open quicker, the sooner we can move on from them. And again, like the sooner we can forgive people for those things, because everything is, you know, nothing is left um, to question really. Um, So I think that's, that's great about them. And I think if more people dealt with horse, the world would probably be a better place. We'd have a lot more good people around than, uh, than not. Yeah, I, I love that. And it reminds me of, um, like, one, you're, that sounds exactly like how Willow is. She's very, very expressive. Um, she's not shy about sharing, you know, she has her heart on her sleeve, um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you will never second guess how she feels about you. Um, but it it's really important. Like, two things I think um, that I wanted to say is, just seeing them for who they are and knowing that um, that's, that's, you know, just like you are your own person. They are their own horse, their own personality, their own temperament. Um, 
and accepting them for who they are. And then secondly, um, thinking about one piece of advice I got that actually had nothing to do with horses, but I think is applicable is um, thinking about what attracted you to your horse in the first place Um, with Willow is like, she's forward and she's got a beautiful stride and big energy and she is really expressive and, and trying to not stifle that. Um, Cause I think sometimes people forget that a lot of those traits that you're maybe trying to change, like for example, maybe you have a super safe babysitter horse and then you're constantly thinking, why is this horse so dull? Why won't this horse go forward, etc.?" cetera. Um, but kind of thinking back to like, why was I attracted to this horse in the first place? Um, maybe it was for some of those qualities and not to say that you can't, you know, um, work together to be in a, in a sort of like a partnership place where you can give and take in different areas. But I think thinking about, um, like what, what really attracted me to this horse and am I like building that up or am I trying to tear it down? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. Uh, that being said with, um, you know, what drew you to, um, Willow, would you say, um, that you're more introverted or extroverted and how does that impact how you are with her? Do you think that had something to do with her appeal to you? Um, how do you think that that is with her? Do you think your personalities mesh well? Are they the same? Yeah, I think um, I really like this question because I've never thought about it exactly this way. I think I am someone who is introverted. Um, I definitely with um, people that I'm close with, I would say um, it's like a introverted extrovert where there's plenty of times where I'm out with my friends and I'm the one like cracking jokes and super social. And then it's like, oh, I really don't want to be around anyone for five days straight because that drained me in a, in a good way. But um, it's kind of hard to balance sometimes being like that, where you there's the right moment in time and the right group of people that I'm comfortable being um, more extroverted. But um, I actually think that works well with Willow because she... Um, She's definitely been known at the barn to, you know, anyone walks by, she knickers at them. She's always begging for treats. She's, um, she's just like the funniest, most social horse I've ever met in my life. Like, I know it sounds like I'm just saying that because I'm her owner, but this horse has the biggest personality out of any horse I've ever met, but she is actually really particular, like she wants the attention, but then she's actually really guarded. And so I think there's some weird correlation with myself in that way, where I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, seeking out attention necessarily, but the guarded piece of it um, is pretty funny because she is, she really is like a horse that needs a very specific type of person to work with and be around and like, she won't um she won't tolerate being handled 
like handled. Um, she won't tolerate a lot of things and um, isn't really afraid to express that. So I think it's a little bit different than I guess your original question, but I think um, I actually really admire that about her. And I think um, in the past, maybe I would have thought like, Oh, why, why is my horse the one that's like always having a meltdown or she, you know, squealed at me or like no one else's horse is doing that. She's, you know, the, the black sheep of the barn or whatever. Um, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, you, you go girl. Like you tell everybody how you're feeling. Like, I love that. Like, tell me what I'm doing wrong or, or even not even like associating some of those behaviors with being bad um and and a lot of times now I'm just like that's you I can tell the difference between like you're feeling goofy and silly versus like you're in pain or you're actually angry or irritated or whatever and just um yeah I would guess I guess I would kind of summarize and say that she's she seems one way on the surface maybe like this you know nickering at everybody that walks by but then she's actually more complex um than that underneath it and so I kind of like that because she's not she really isn't a horse that anybody could just you know grab and do groundwork with and it I mean she's well trained that you know she would be a good sport about it but like really getting that connection um with her and the right timing and, and being able to read her is um definitely not for everybody that's so cute honestly okay so I 100% know what you're talking about um I haven't had a mare since 2012 so I've had geldings um and I got Rian at the very like literally the day before 2022 started (laughs) I got him on the last day of 2021 um so I've had him for a year and he's been the first gelding who has attached himself to me and like kind of I hate to stereotype but in the stereotypical like mare sense you know like (laughs) there are those mares that just they're like very maternal and yeah yeah so he's done that which has been really interesting to watch because he went from like when we first brought him home obviously he was like super skinny so I think he just wanted to be friends with everybody so they would give him food um but as he's grown and kind of developed his own sense of self with me he's very much like a one-person horse like he will like rudely disregard (laughs) everyone else like very obviously disregarding everyone else and he will stand with me where Jess is and and Rian's very trusting like no matter what I ask him to do we have we have like built a good enough relationship where he knows nothing bad's gonna happen so even if he's like questioning we can kind of you know give and take you know what I mean um where Jess is very outwardly like hi like you all came to see me like am I the drama that's Jess um (laughs) that sounds like like, Tammy (laughs) she's she's a mess I love her to death um but very like outwardly super social but she's very quick to pull in um so that's been really interesting to kind of get to know and obviously I've only had her for like six months so we're still kind of obviously like 
getting to know each other. But it's been really interesting with what you're saying as far as like she'll be a good sport about something um, without really, really tuning in where Rianne will just be like, no, no, absolutely not. He won't participate in anything. So, <laughs> first time just cracked me up. It's um, so funny how they all have differing personalities and you don't really see it until you work with multiples of them on, on that level. I just, I, I can never get over how different all of the horses are. And it's, it's the most mind blowing thing. They have the most varied personality of personalities of any animals I've ever been around. I don't know. It's hard to explain until you know, you know, but it's hard to explain <laughs> to somebody who doesn't get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate when people are like, oh, it's like a big dog. I'm like, no, they're not. Not at all. Not um, at all. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. What, like, what is, if you could kind of narrow it down to, like, what what is a really good piece of advice that you've been given during this whole horse shebang? yeah. There's been so much good advice that I think if I had, if I really had to try to be concise, which you might be able to tell is not my strong suit after my very long intro story, um, I would say there's, again, mentioning, I'm going to mention Warwick Schiller probably a lot because he's someone I I really look up to and admire. And um, he has, yeah, and he has, you know, so many videos on YouTube and I've watched probably almost all of them, but one of them that comes to mind um, that I think kind of summarizes everything really well is um, there's a video about um, the quit, quit crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And um, just kind of thinking about how, how bad that feels like if you've ever been on the receiving end of that it's just absolutely awful and and it's almost to me when I watched that that video I was like that is such an obvious thing that I think so many people get wrong and just don't realize and so I think that I if I had to summarize I think really not partaking in sort of that mindset when you're working with your horses is so important um because I would say in my experience, nine, if not 10 out of 10 times something is going on, it's usually my fault, whether that's on the ground or under saddle, it's usually something I'm doing wrong. Um, So I think just being able to kind of listen with an open mind and, um, and, and not feel like you need to, um, I don't know, view training as a, as a punishment. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that they do train in sort of like a punishment mentality. Um, and it can, it can be really toxic when you're doing, I know I've, you know, in my head, it's, I, in the past been like, Oh, I asked you to do this thing. Why aren't you doing it? Okay. Now I'm going to make you do this or that. And again, not necessarily, not saying I was doing like cruel things, doing very normal groundwork exercises that, if done the right way or not inherently bad, but um, just having that inner 
dialogue with yourself of, um, you know, it's okay if the answer that you get back is not (laughs) what you were expecting and you don't need to be angry about it. And you definitely don't need to follow up with some form of punishment. Again, using, I'm using air quotes when I say punishment, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that one would be what I would choose. I really like that. Um, and I think, well, I grew up hearing, if you don't quit crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. (laughs) So I have definitely, um, been there myself and it's just, you don't think about it until you're given a different perspective, but who, when they're doing something that is unfavorable to somebody else wants to be told, if you don't quit doing this, I'm going to make it worse than what you're experiencing right now, which is already bad. (laughs) Why would I want to comply in that? Like when I'm given that ultimatum, like that, it's just not, it's not fair to do to to a person, a child, and it's certainly not fair to do to an animal that is that doesn't um, you know doesn't operate like a person. They don't they don't speak English. They don't understand where we're coming from with that. And even if they did, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> so yeah, I get that completely. Personally, I get that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. I. I think, um, obviously you kind of just, you parent the way you were parented for the most part. And I think both of, even though they tried, like emotion wasn't really something that any of us were super comfortable with. And that was hard to kind of bring to the table with the horses because they are incredibly emotional beings. Um, so are we, but it was really hard to, I guess maybe not like super hard, but it took me a little while to be like, you are just showing emotion. Like you are not, it's not personal. This is just the only way that you can show me how you're feeling. Um, and so like, I'm not a violent person. I've never been a violent person. I'm really grateful that I never did anything crazy. But even just the way that I would approach, like you said, training, like it would be like, well, we're going to fix this. Yeah. Um, when in all reality that they don't have another way to tell us how they're feeling. And yeah, I, I like that a lot. So um, I think Abby's question. Yes. Um. So talking about, Uh, you know, training horses and that sort of thing. Um, Did you have any fears going into training with Willow and now um, with your filly, Tammy? Yes, I have. I had many fears and I always have fears about, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I, was this the right thing, et cetera? I think it's part of, um, just like my personality and and who I am, I have always sort of been a really ambitious person and set the standard for myself really, really high. Um, And I think sometimes it's hard if things don't go exactly the way I had planned, which newsflash, every time I pull a horse out of the paddock, it doesn't usually go 
the way I had planned, which means I had expectations I shouldn't have had in the first place. I think we've all learned that lesson of like, oh, hmm, what do I want to work on today under saddle? It's like, oh, wait, we're not even riding today because X, Y, and Z happened. So um, I think my fears when I got Willow, because I was not anywhere near like where I'm at with my mentality, but I think with her, one thing that has remained true was when I got her, I knew that she was a step up horse. Um, I knew that she was re- she's really strong. She's got a really big stride. She is bred really well. Like if someone that was actually a horse trainer that was really good at riding came along, they could, you know, show her and win for, I don't know, like, you know, do just do really well. And I think about like my level of riding and like, where I'm not super great and technical. Um, and I, I've always had this, um, feeling of like, not like if, Oh, if I was a better rider, like where would Willow be today? Like, she's just this amazing horse. And like, how did I get so lucky that she's mine? And, you know, wishing, wishing that I could, you know, show her to her potential or whatever. It doesn't have to be showing, but just kind of thinking like, wow, when we get things right, like, when I can get out of your way enough, like you move so beautifully or you do X, Y, and Z so well, and just constantly feeling like I'm in her way and trying to sort of manage that has been something that I, I definitely was really worried about early on, but still am today. Like, even though I, I sit back and look at like how far we've come, like I posted on my Instagram a few, few months ago, like, a shot a clip from like our first ride and I'm just like bouncing on her back at the lope and like I'm so tense and I'm pulling on her face because I'm bouncing with my hand like just awful so I look back from there and then like my most recent video that I posted like loping her on a loose rein and I try to be good about remembering like remember where you came from and like where you are today, but it's definitely hard not to feel, you know, insecure. Um, cause I know I'm not, I don't have the best seed. I don't have, you know, the best core strength or balance or, you know, like X, Y, and Z. So I would say that's probably the thing that, um, I struggle with a lot with Willow. And then with Tammy, it's been, um, she's definitely been so different from willow in that she doesn't give she's more of a horse that will shut down instead of be reactive and so she's not giving me i'm i haven't learned her body language the way i have with willow like with willow even if say she did explode which luckily nowadays we're not having many incidents where we're having you know huge reactions but they still come up and i feel really confident in handling whatever willow kind of throws my way And with Tammy, I'm still figuring out, like, um, okay, like, you are a baby, you have a very limited vocabulary, like, at what point am I, do I need to be a little bit firmer or follow through with this or that, because you still don't know anything? And then at what point do I do a different approach, like just kind of trying to figure out like this style of horsemanship with a foal has been hard because if you, um, especially if like, I'm trying to learn from a video or something online, like 
people are very specific about how they train horses, but people are even more specific about how they handle foals. Like some people are like, absolutely do this. And then other people are like, no, never do this to a foal. Like you're going to ruin them. And so feeling like this pressure of, um, you know, here's this amazing little filly and like, am I going to be, I've always, you know, people always talk about like, it's so nice getting a fresh start with a, with a foal. And it's like, am I going to be the one who puts a brace in her here or there or mess something up? And so I think, um, I think so far, like, I'm like proud of myself for the, for where she's at today. I definitely know where I need to improve with her, but I think, um, I'm trying to take it day by day with her and not get too overwhelmed and think like, oh, wow, you're almost a year old and like you don't do this well enough or like you still need to learn that, et cetera. And trying to balance like, I don't want to work with you too much because you, you know, I believe in like letting horses be horses, but also like you can't be a feral full running around that like nobody can catch what if there's an emergency and I need to trailer you so like just kind of trying to balance all of that I think um has been hard but I think really 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 rewarding and especially with Tammy now it's been um super eye-opening just like noticing where um I don't know like we kind of going back to our previous uh, topic about like different personalities and like I think the more horses you work with especially on a really close intimate level like the just the better um your horsemanship will get yeah I agree I think that's that's really cool I I love she's so cute like she's just like her butt she is so cute <laughs> she's already got a pretty big butt <laughs> I I'm obsessed like I, I Jess is like the first like cutting kind of red quarter horse that I've had and I am obsessed with her butt and it's <laughs> like and I look uh, I think you posted on your story the other day about Tammy and I'm like oh my gosh she has Jess's butt like yeah. I love it. It's so cute. Um, okay, so we were talking about this, I think, when you and I first started talking, and then it actually came up when Abby and I were talking this week. Um, but you mentioned imposter syndrome. So I wanted yes. to give you a chance to elaborate on that because I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, I think... I kind of touched on it informally a little bit with my previous answer about Willow, but I think one thing um, that I I struggle with sometimes is there's, there's just like highs and, and lows of training. And, and usually on the days when things go really well, I feel like I'm like, yes, I figured this out. Like, you know, if we have a really big win, like the first time I trailered Willow by myself was like, that felt like such a life changing moment, which to other people would maybe not be a big deal. But like, I didn't have anyone to show me how to trailer at all, let alone like buy my own trailer, hook up a trailer on my own. It's not that complicated for anybody who is also <laughs> concerned about learning that. But, you know, it was felt like a really big deal. And then having this horse who's not always like very calm and can get nervous and worried and taking her out by myself. Like if that felt things like that, days like that are like, wow, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of Willow and I'm proud of 
the things that we've done together and where we were at at one point in time. But there's definitely always like in the back of my head, a voice that's kind of like, um, should you have done this exactly this way? Or like, like sometimes it's funny because sometimes it's, it's almost like, um, polar opposite voices, like the, the angel and devil on my shoulder almost. I've never thought about it this way until I'm explaining it now, but on one side of the spectrum, I'll be worried about like, um, kind of the style of horsemanship we've been talking about and being really thoughtful and being really aware. And I make mistakes all the time when I'm trying to work like that. Like it's kind of inevitable and, um, you know, nothing horrible comes out of it, but sometimes I'm like, wow, like I made this huge mistake or like, is this going to cause a regression in this area that I've like been building on? And I'll be really disappointed in myself. And I'll think almost like, not like what would Warwick think of me or, you know, people who are really into that (laughs) training. I'm not actually thinking that thought, but it's sort of like almost a feeling of shame, even though it was, again, I didn't do anything awful. I didn't, you know, I'm not intentionally doing these things, but just having this really high standard of myself and feeling like, oh, if I could have, if I only could have done this or that, or if I only could have thought about it this way before I tried to teach this, et cetera. So I have that, that's always kind of going in the back of my head. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I'm still very interested in like, like I don't think that type of horsemanship and like performance horses have to be separated, but I think a lot of times it is. And I am still very much interested in like, like I love watching reining horses and rain cow horse and all of that is super interesting to me and thinking in the back of my head like oh I need to you know like I need to improve this technical thing or like like one thing I've really been working on with Willow is um like our lope together and her breaking at both the pole and the withers and like you know just really technical things and feeling like oh we're not as far ahead like our stop isn't big enough or our rollbacks are bad or, you know, just like getting really focused on like more performance style things. Um, so I think it's really just, it's, uh, I've learned that it's, um, like, it's okay to feel that way. Like, and I honestly, all those people that I'm, you know, watching a Instagram reel of or a YouTube video of doing this thing that I'm like, wow, I wish I could have done that. Like, I have to, I stop and try to remind myself that, um, at one point in time, you know, maybe there was something that I'm doing now, which I know for a fact, there are things I'm doing now that I would have seen and been like, wow, I wish I could do that. Or, um, you know, I can't, I, I'll never be able to do that. And, and, you know, fast forward here I am. So I think, um, yeah, it's definitely hard. And I, I think to my background, not, I didn't grow up with horses. I, you know, I, I've always felt like I was playing catch up and, um, but I can say like, I got here as soon as I could, I try to learn as much as possible. Um, and I'm always trying to continue to be open-minded and, um, you know, I make mistakes all the time, but, um, I, I try to really have like the best, um, or like have my horse's in best interests in mind as I'm learning stuff. So, um, yeah. I think that's the mindset though, that's going to change things. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was just literally you took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Absolutely. I think, uh, I don't know. I I feel like everything we've been talking about, I keep saying like, oh, we were just talking about that. But like we were because we really were. <laughs> we really were because we were just talking about how there's been this. I feel like. I don't want to say that social media has given way to the change, but I think there has been a change, like, at least from when I was growing up, people were very stingy with their knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, it was something where like, you were only going to get information if you were paying to train with them, or, you know, if you proved yourself up to a certain point. And now there's been this shift of people just freely giving out things that have helped them. And like, bits and pieces of their journey. Like, I mean, Abby and I are doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. Um, But there's like this wealth of information now, be it there's some really bad stuff out there, but (laughs) things are changing in a way that I think is exciting. Um, And it's a really exciting prospect if done the right way. And how you described it was exactly exactly how it has to be um and i think if people were able to kind of wrap their heads around that and put into practice that idea it would just be a honestly just a nicer place a nicer industry to be a part of (laughs) right exactly Um, And to take something that you said that was, um, Angie, really interesting to me and that I focused on for the first couple of years I had Gizmo was the technical side of it, right? Like you see all these people doing these big, amazing things and you're like, well, I I can't wait to do that. Um, I think the, the technicalities, so to speak, kind of start falling into place. Um, the more you're open-minded and the more uh, aware you are of yourself and your horse, like the, those little things will start to fall into place. Maybe not so quick as if you were, that was just the whole premise of what you're doing, which I think is what a large majority of people do. Um, but I think the more, the slower you take it and the more you take time to reflect those little bits and pieces, um, come, with time and I don't know about you guys um I personally don't really focus on anything technical anymore I'm just I just do stuff and if stuff happens or I catch a feel for something then I hang on to it but I just let the little pieces um fall into place where they do and um I think what you said is exactly it like just being open-minded and not having any sort of expectation is the best way to go about it in my unprofessional opinion (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely I think that is something I've I've connected the dots with as well where a big thing with Willow is um like I've kind of alluded to or said a few times is she's she can be a really touchy mare she's got a big motor and um really the best thing for her to 
to be is super relaxed. Um, and, and when she's relaxed and she drops her head down and she just moves beautifully and it's great to ride. And if she's not that way, she is, you know, spooking, jumping sideways. Like it's, you know, a big strong horse jumping sideways, not exactly super fun for either of us involved. And that all goes back to like, what's going on before we're even getting to the point of riding and you know maybe we are working on something specific or not but usually it's like the days where we go really slow or really in tune with one another or those days when we have you know we're loping around on a loose rein and she's so mellow and content and it's great and then the days where I have some agenda in mind and I'm like oh I really need to focus on X, Y, and Z. And I know internally I shouldn't be thinking that. And then sometimes I'm stubborn and I still do it. And then we have an absolutely awful ride. Every single time I've tried to do that, it goes awful and she's tense and I'm tense and there's no relaxation. And it's just, um, yeah, you'd think maybe by now I would, I would learn to stop doing that, but I, I'm human and I still, I still make mistakes and I still, um, Unfortunately, I've been re- trying to work really hard on removing expectations for both her and myself, but um, still fall short sometimes. I do think it is um, human nature to hold on to expectations in every facet of life. Um, training a horse would be no different. Um, and that being said, with how difficult that is, um, is there something in particular that you feel like you've had to work harder at changing within yourself um, as you've gone along with the training process? Yes. I think one thing that um, had really was apparent for me after starting to kind of go down this new uh, journey with Willow um was the first thing was that I had to learn to be more mindful and to be in the moment and to slow down. And so basically I was, since I was doing a lot of this work um, for when I first moved her to our current barn where that's all I was doing, like I wasn't even grooming her or saddling her. We were literally just like sitting together for hours at a time doing nothing. I had to learn to be really, really present. And so I was actually not necessarily meditating, but almost in like a a similar state. And around the same time in my personal life, I had been going to therapy for a long time, um, dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, dealing with dissociation, dealing with really bad panic attacks. And one thing that I found was whenever I would go and spend that time with Willow, I almost, I, well, not almost, I was becoming like a different person outside of the barn and um, was able to become more present throughout other like aspects of my life. And so I think that was a really, it was hard at first and I still have to like remind myself you know, why am I doing this and kind of zoom out a little bit and remember that it all kind of comes back to mindfulness and being present in the moment. And, um, but yeah, I think that that dramatically changed 
my my whole outlook on like my entire life and how I interacted with other people and um that's actually again I'm going to mention Warwick Schiller again people listening to this might roll their eyes because I've said his name so many times but (laughs) as a common thing I also hear in his podcast is um it's not just like oh I my horsemanship is changed it's every aspect of my life has changed because I've become maybe a more sympathetic person or maybe I'm just more in the moment or you know you just it's hard to slow down in today's world and I think that is something so valuable that Willow gave to me that I don't think I could have found anywhere else I love that I think that's beautiful Honestly, though, like, if if I feel like at this point, everyone kind of knows that I'm like a Warwick Schiller nerd. (laughs) So um, nobody should be surprised because I feel like half the time, all I'm doing is posting screenshots of his podcast because (laughs) I live and breathe by that at work. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Every morning on my way to work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He dropped a new one and Abby was like, have you listened to it yet? I'm like, <laughs> not yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. He's, I found he's even, so it's funny cause you go back in some of the older videos don't really align with how he is now, but there's still, there's still something about them that is like, you understand the intent and like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, really care about famous people or celebrities or status or anything like that it doesn't mean anything to me personally but he's one of the few people that I I like truly admire and there isn't ever sometimes other trainers I you know he's not the only trainer that I listen to a podcast to or watch videos on but he is the only person where every single thing he says or demonstrates or does, I'm just like, wow, I 100% agree with this or I can understand it or I would like to learn more. I never have a funny like, hmm, maybe I wouldn't have done that or maybe that's not the right thing because I think it's coming from such a well-intentioned place. Yes, yes. I'm going to go off on a tangent quickly, I swear. But... (laughs) literally okay so um I found him so I found him when I was literally when I tell you it was like divine intervention um (laughs) divine intervention because I found him so I think I touched on this a little bit when we first started talking and I know Abby knows like the full full spectrum but um when we moved down to Georgia I had a really difficult horse and nobody wanted to train with us because they were like, yeah, we don't deal with dangerous horses. None of that. I found one barn who was like, yeah, 100%. Like we'll work with you guys. Um, and looking back, I learned a lot. I did. And I think when I first met them, they were still in that, like, I don't want to say magic because that sounds so corny, but like that magic of horses and like what they can teach us. Um, and then obviously it's been seven years um, and it was five years when I left, but 
things just started changing and I ended up moving huge situation, but I ended up moving my horse home. Um, and then I was kind of forced to start looking for another trainer and it would be like, I would find one and then I would be super committed and then they would just like flake out. And Mm. again, like the trainers that I found were people who I felt comfortable working with, but I think it was just circumstances, circumstances, you know what I mean? Like you can't control everything. So it's fine. Um, but I was just at this point where I was like, there is like, I'm on my own and I don't know anybody down here and I can't find a trainer. And I have a thoroughbred who is six years old and he is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't want to do wrong by him. And I have a six year old quarter horse with a severe abuse history who I can't just trust her with anybody. Um, so it's kind of having like, mental breakdowns are my thing apparently I was having a mental breakdown um and would you not know like I started getting all of these ads on Facebook of all places <laughs> of work <Schiller. laughs> like what is this and I don't know like what prompted me I was sitting at work and I was like I'm just gonna like why not like it's so blatantly in my face obviously I'm supposed to check this out um, yeah, it was two days. I started listening to his podcast. I started from episode one. I listened nonstop at work. I immediately bought the whole like masterclass thing, got into the group on Facebook and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeless and it's been <laughs> great. It's been amazing. I'm obsessed. Um, but honestly, I, I like same thing you were saying is, there were always times, like even growing up with the trainers that I had, like there would be things that they would tell me to do that I just didn't feel right about. But because it was what the trainer was saying, you know, like that's what you did. You, I just thought I was supposed to trust my trainer. And there's never been like a a gut warning with anything he said. Um, and I really like how he, um, I forget what podcast it was, but he was just talking about how kind of like, checking in with your horse like is this okay like that's the mentality and honestly every time I take something that I've learned from him or the videos or you know like the people in the group my habit now is to take it to re-ingest and be like is this okay and every single time they've never said no that's not okay And I just think it's so, it's just so cool, like what he's doing. And I wish more people were hopping on because it's not a cult, I swear. (laughs) He's on to something. Like, honestly, that's my rant. I'm done. Yeah, I I saw him. He came to Washington um, last year for a clinic and I I audited one of the days and um, it was just amazing to you know, see him in person. And there's obviously, um, usually problem horses at the clinic. And and there was this one woman who had a a really, um, out of control to the point of being dangerous horse and just kind of watching how he worked with both the owner and the horse and people were crying. Like it was just this huge emotional experience. But I remember, um, 
when I was there, there was people who were also auditing next to me. And I remember he was working with this other woman on, um, like a sending exercise. And of course, you know, following this type of horsemanship, you know, it's not about the sending exercise. It's, you know, about like, is the horse checked in or whatever they were specifically working on. And I remember this lady next to me was like, he's only teaching this horse to go to the right on like on a circle. And why is he didn't do the exercise to the left? And I was like, no, you don't like, it's not, how do I even begin to explain? Like, it's not about going both directions. You don't care. Yeah. And I remember feeling like so frustrated and like almost defensive of him, which was a really funny emotion. Cause I'm like, there's this like 50 year old man, or I don't know how old he is. Like, I'm like <laughs> weirdly feeling protective over. Cause I'm like, why don't you like, have you not watched his videos? Like I'm not. And, but then, so I was feeling that obviously I didn't like say anything to this woman. Cause I just, politely was like I don't I think it's more it's more about you know x y and z I don't really think it's about can a horse walk left or right on a lead rope but it's not about that at all and then recently I was listening to um I listen to his podcast pretty frequently when I drive out to see Tammy or Willow and um one thing that I forget which episode it was but one thing was about making sure that even though like you've reached this level of, I'll call it enlightenment, which is, you know, if you're actually enlightened, you would never call anything enlightenment. But when you reach this point of like understanding horse psychology more and you start seeing what other people are doing, it's really hard to not be judgmental. And it's really hard to not be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're still doing X, Y, and Z, or you follow this trainer doing that and how, it's actually really toxic and bad to think that way as hard as it is to see some things that people are still doing. And that's one thing I've been trying to think about more is, is, um, you know, at one point in time, I was that person that I would look back and see, wow, like, why are you doing that? Your horse is telling you in a million ways that that's not okay. Like, and again, in a year, I'll look back and say, wow, I can't believe you were doing this or that. And so I think that is an important, you know, this is completely random tangent on Warwick Schiller, but I think that is another thing that I've been thinking about recently um, that I just heard him on a random podcast I was listening to. Since um, we're on the topic of Warwick, um, I actually haven't like, <laughs> followed him or listened to him forever like I'm I know I'm on Instagram and everything but I'm kind of just like I live under a rock um and I I don't know I think I some other like podcast that I was listening to somebody mentioned him and I thought well this was actually only maybe like three weeks ago I was like well let me just listen to his podcast and I was thinking I'm probably gonna be bored because like I'm bored with like every podcast before, but I was like, you know, I'm caught up on all my other ones. So whatever, I'll listen to what this guy has to say. Um, and as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, I was like this, I don't, I, this really aligns with me. Like I know that me and Kenzie have talked a lot about how we're both very like woo woo people. I always have been. Um, it took me a long time to apply it, um, 
to the horses. But as I was listening to it, I was just thinking, you know, as somebody who has been this way for for so long, why have I never, ever thought to apply it that way? And I, I have been maybe for the last year or so, but again, like I hadn't listened to him or known anything of him uh, up until like a month ago. And I was just thinking, I was like, you know, what's crazy is this is all the stuff I was already doing. And so to hear somebody who is an accomplished horseman having like gone through the same like uh like path so to speak where you do things the traditional way and then you kind of just ascend to this higher place of like operating and i actually think it's really hard to get there um Mm -hmm. which you guys probably know it's hard to like even look at life that way and a kind of like more spiritual unobstructed like societal sort of and now I'm going off on a tangent, so please stop me because I'll never shut it up. <laughs> um, but it's it, why I don't know why I never looked at horses that way because I've always gotten so much out of them and they've always been like my safe space. And it does, like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's almost like meditation. Like horses mm-hmm. are the only place in my life where I can go and I get completely clear headed. I'm not a clear headed person that's not who I am it's like you know the Spongebob meme where everything's on fire and the file cabinets are open and they're like all little versions of him (laughs) running around screaming (laughs) that's pretty much what my brain is like outside (laughs) of the horses um but when I'm with the horses you know like nothing's on fire like everything's filed correctly and there's just like a little calm zen version of myself sitting in the middle of my brain on a yoga mat like that's what I feel like with the horses so I don't know why I never connected those two things but it's been crazy to listen to his podcast and it's really like broadened my perspective and uh, this doesn't sound crazy has made me even more of a hippie in (laughs) the last like three weeks and I just I think it's great and I I think it's great to connect with people who are on that same wavelength because there's so many people in the industry right now that would look at something like that or look at that way of operating and just be like, you're crazy. You know, like you've lost the plot completely. Um, But I think the opposite, like the other, other people have lost the plot. Um, No offense to the other people, but um, (laughs) it's a lot more fun over here on like the hippie side of things. I think it's great. (laughs) Yeah. And then like just the last thing I'll say so that we don't only talk about him um, is that one thing I really love is that he actually um, is like he rides reining horses. I know he doesn't like show anymore, but like if you it's sort of like he can put his money where his mouth is at like it's not I think in the past I've had um problems with like other trainers where I'm like oh I really like admire this liberty that you do or x y and z that's I would categorize into quote unquote more enlightened for lack of a better term but it never really like spoke to me or was super interesting like beyond that moment of time of like oh like that's a cool video but like I it's it's interesting to me that he can also like he's really skilled at riding and rides in a fashion that like I would love to one day like you know if you've seen the video of him doing like 
bareback and bridle is sliding stop on one of his horses like that's so cool to me and so it's like it's nice to be able to think like oh this person is also you know great at riding which again isn't I don't think everything with horses has to tie back to like performance or riding but like seeing somebody in a in a sport equestrian sport like reining um having this mindset is is really cool yeah no and just to tie back just because I think it's worth saying it's been really cool uh like end of last year it started and then obviously going into this year but just finding finding like-minded people um has been insane and I think people like Warwick who have the name and the accomplishments behind him are going to bring like validity validity to like what we were saying as far as like things that normal people have been doing for a while and I, I just think it's so cool um okay so let me ask you this I, I feel like you kind of touched on it a little bit but if you could like narrow it down to one thing that you were extremely proud of in this whole circumstance of the horses can you narrow it down yes I would say um for some reason what's coming to mind this is really random there's this quote by f scott fitzgerald who wrote like um the great gatsby and uh benjamin button it's like super random um but there's this quote i'm not going to be able to replicate it exactly but it's it's from benjamin button again like i don't even know i saw that movie like however long ago it came out i have not watched since I do not know why this just popped into my head, but there's a quote that always stood out to me um, that basically is something along the line of if you find that you're living a life that you're not proud of or happy in, that you have the courage to change it. And I think that is something that really resonates with me in my entire life, but also with my horsemanship. And so being able to be honest with yourself and, and sort of, um, you know, champion your own destiny as like corny as that might sound, but really like more and more, I think about how, um, you know, you really do only have like this, this one life and that, and trying to make the most of it. And that is like super inspirational cheesy quote, but, um, I think really being able to to do the things that you love and and kind of like manifest the life that you want to live and or the way that you want to um you know spend time with your horses or, or develop your training and for me that was like focusing like really changing my life going from no involvement with horses to um like now full-time like I have two horses I'm at the barn every day like I eat sleep breathe horses but but then also within that like along the way when I realized I wasn't you know I was still technically doing natural horsemanship but it wasn't this and realizing like kind of having that like check-in with myself and thinking like I can change. It's might be scary to change. I might work like have to look myself in the mirror and be like, Hey, I did these things I'm not proud of. Um, but without ever acknowledging them, how can I get better and be better 
for my horse now and my horses to come. And I always, um, side note, I always think about how sentimental Willow will always be to me as my like teacher for all of these things and how she's been, you know, she's going to be the horse that was on my, like part of my evolution of like who I'm, who I'm becoming. And, um, yeah, I would say that's probably what I would, um, would probably be most proud of is just kind of being willing to, to, to change everything if that's what needs to happen. I think I really like that because, well, that's like a really vague way of saying what my brain was saying, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but that is, I was actually just talking about this with my mom the other day. That is a really hard thing for a lot of people to, uh, to do. And a lot of people shy away from it is taking a good long look at yourself and going, I'm doing this, this, and this, this isn't working, or this isn't yielding the results that I want. What can I do to change? Nobody wants to look at themselves and go, Hey, you're doing this wrong. We need to do something different. Even if it's a shot in the dark and it's just, you don't really know what direction you're going. Um, and I, I definitely think that is something to be proud of because not a lot of people can say that that's something, um, that they can do and I think it helps us interpret our horses a lot better as well because when you can understand what you're putting out you can understand the feedback that you're receiving whether it be people or animals or whatever the case may be um and that being said since we've talked a lot about interpreting equine behavior and how we interact with them and that sort of thing is there something that you think um, people misunderstand about horses in general or training them? Is there something you think people that there's something widely misunderstood? Yeah, to me, I think I probably would have a lot, a lot of answers for this one. But the biggest, like the just like light bulb, obvious answer that's coming to my mind is just the concept of respect. Um, it still really baffles me that it's commonly thought that you need to be some sort of like dominant leader over your horse. And that if you're not, you know, they'll be dangerous or they won't respect you or, you know, they'll never be a show or or whatever goal you want to achieve. Um, And so I think that one, just like, thinking of that from a like emotional relationship perspective is just wildly unfair to constantly be in the state of sort of dictating what someone else does. Why would anyone want to be a part of that relationship? And then to just thinking about like um, physically, like a horse is not having thoughts of respect and it's been shown with science that, you know, of course there is some sort of pecking order, but it actually fluctuates and horses lower on the pecking order can still move a horse out of the way at certain times, you know, like it's not this like constant, like, Hey, you're the lowest 
horse on the backing order. You're the boss mayor. Like there's, you know, these are our really strict ways that we interact. It's really fluid. And so I think it's a really, people do themselves a huge disservice by, um, thinking that there needs to be this like very structured relationship with their horse. And, um, and then I think it actually really creates the, um, earlier we had, we had mentioned like when you're training a horse and they're not learning something or they don't do it correctly. And you have that internal, like you're almost like gritting your teeth, like, Oh, I'm going to make you do it the right way. Or we're going to learn how to do this. Those, those two start to, um, go hand in hand and it's really quick it's really easy to quickly get into that mindset and then think like, Oh, I'm an accomplished trainer. If like my horse didn't want to do this thing and I, I really made them do it. Um, and I can handle any horse because I'm, I'm the boss and it's really toxic. And I don't think until you're, you can step back and you're out of that point of view. I don't think people realize like how, um, like jarring that is as a relationship that you're you're having with with your horse and even a lot of people who follow natural horsemanship and um because that term can really mean like a lot of things now so I don't really like to use it as much um and a lot of people will say like oh like look at this like partnership I have with my horse and then from my point of view I'm like well actually I just see that you are a dictator and you have a super compliant horse. So I don't know. I think, um, again, I'm trying to move away more from like viewing what other people are doing and being super judgmental because I've been there, but I would say overall, just like hearing the, the, the phrasing around like leadership and dominance and respect is always just sort of like, um, I always, you know, kind of, internally roll my eyes a little bit I'm so glad you brought that up right (laughs) so glad you brought that up um yeah I think I don't know I feel like people are starting to talk about it a little bit more but just because someone says natural horsemanship doesn't mean that it's natural um (laughs) and a lot of people unfortunately just yeah they just use it as like an excuse to bully their horses into something yeah. And it's really unfortunate to see that. And I'm right there with you. I am really trying to be a less judgmental person and kind of just take on the mentality like that's your journey and I'm going to focus on mine. But it is sometimes really hard to like look at that and see what those horses are going through. And even though if that's just normal to them, then I know they don't really it's probably less traumatizing than it would be to like our horses, but it's still, it's just really unfortunate. And yeah, I, I really don't like that stereotypical, like you have to dominate them. It just doesn't make sense. Yep. It doesn't make sense at all. I actually have a kind of specific um, scenario that comes to mind and I'll, I will also try and be concise. Um, no promises, but, um, there, a friend of mine and I try and make it a point to go out to a state park once a month with our horses and, and take them trail riding, um, just to get them out. And we went a couple months ago and there was this huge 
It was maybe like three feet off the ground or so, a really big tree that had fallen over the path we were on. And around the tree was this really deep, watery muck. And my friend's horse walked over the tree through the muck. I think Abby just... All right. I'm back. Um, You're back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I was saying, my friend's horse um, went through it, no problem. I thought Gizmo might just follow him, whatever. We got to the tree through the water, and Gizmo said, nope, to the tree. And I thought, okay. And while somebody who practices natural horsemanship might have taken their horse off and maybe, like, made them look in a couple circles or lunge them in a couple circles or something. I thought, even though this is really disgusting and it's deep and it's muddy and whatever, um, I thought, let's get off and we'll do it. Let's see how that goes. Um, and so that worked out. And while a lot of people may not think that's training, the next time we went back a month later, we encountered the same thing and he went over it. No problem. Um, I didn't really... <laughs> Telling me no, and that he didn't like it, and he was uncomfortable with it. And if I'm in a situation like that, and somebody just pushes me through, that doesn't make me feel any better about doing the thing the next time. Um, so I really wanted to still get my point across, like, hey, we can do this. And like, like you can say no to it, but it's not. You're not going to die if you go on the other side of the tree. Like I promise. Like I, I know that you're scared, but I know that it's fine. So what can I do to show you that it's okay without making the alternative bad for you also? Um, so that was just my approach to it. And no matter how soft or snowflakey somebody might, might think that is, it worked. <laughs> it worked yeah. and it wasn't a repetition thing. It didn't, there was no making him feel like it's wrong decision. It was just how can we compromise and get through this together? Awesome. No, I think I love Abby that. might have <laughs> popped off again. I know she was yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she popped off again. No, but yeah, I I agree. I think that's a really good are you back? I I'm back. Zoom is telling me to um put a cork in it so i'm gonna but that's my point love it um no i agree i actually really funny um on like a very small scale of that we have had a ton of rain here like we've been getting storms a lot um so everything's kind of muddy in certain spots and even just like jess she's miss pris and doesn't want to get dirty but I was trying to get her to come there. There's this one part of the pasture that um, they have their little goat trail. And when it pours, it'll get muddy. And she was definitely like, again, really low scale. I was just trying to get her over to the barn. Um, but she was just not having it. Like she didn't want to go through the mud. I totally get it. It was super deep and she's little. So makes sense. But literally just walking through it and being like, I'm good. You can come. She'll do it. 
And it doesn't take anything. Like, I don't have to sit there and convince her. I don't have to argue with her. Literally just showing her like, hey, I'm good and I can do it. She'll do it. And I think it's just, I think it's a great approach. And I really love that. Yeah, I love that too, because I think um, one thing I've been thinking about too that's sort of similar is um, not you don't need to change your horse to be something that they're not. And, and I think that's a hard pill for some people to swallow where they're like, Oh, like for example, Willow really does not like water. Like last time we were on the trails, we jumped a puddle. Um, I was not trying to force her to go through it. She just took it upon herself and we were in a roping saddle and we cleared a puddle way larger than we needed to, but um, she just really did man. And so maybe in the past I would think like, my horse like why doesn't she like why isn't she just a normal horse why doesn't she just go through water why does she get upset about it blah 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 and um now I'm more in the mindset of like why do I care like I don't have some desire to like go hang out in a puddle either like why do I need to feel the urge to make my horse be something that she's not and I think like that can apply to a lot of other situations obviously like safety is important and I'm not talking about having a horse that's like running me over if there's a puddle or something like that like there's there is you know you can still have boundaries and you can still have really great horse that is pleasant and willing and all of these things I think that's where there's some back and forth with people who maybe don't train or think this way is that oh, well, if your horse, every time it says no, you just allow it to happen, like you're going to have a really poorly trained horse. And all I've found is that in listening more, we get way more accomplished and it's way safer and we do things that we would have ever been able to do before. Um, So, yeah. Yes, 100% agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think another... um, little thing around them saying no is that it doesn't have to be no forever and the yes the answer that you want doesn't have to be the way that you're seeing it in your mind's eye like uh it can be different it can be built on some sort of compromise like you can find a yes that works for the both of you And I think people just get so caught up on the horse is not doing what I'm saying. They're being disrespectful, yada, yada. Um, And it it just goes back to as people, when we say no, it's not always disrespectful. That's just our boundary. Maybe we can find another way around it. We can find another way of doing it. But the way that you're doing it is not working. So let's like, I, I think people really need to reframe their thinking around the whole like, you're getting a no. Because it yeah, you're getting a no doing it that way. Try it another way and you might be able to get somewhere. It's just, it, it's all about see, like perceiving things a little bit differently. Yeah, I think there is, uh, the best way I heard it put was, you know, allowing them to retain their dignity and their autonomy while still getting a job done. And... Allowing them, yeah, like uh, allowing them to say no and allowing them to have that boundary. Um, 
obviously shows that you are in tune to what they're saying because, you know, just bullying them into something is never going to get you the result that communication and cooperation will get you. And I obviously looking back, I'm not proud of the way that I used to do things, but the one thing I can really confidently say is that I'm really proud of the fact that both of them have their autonomy and they're allowed to keep their dignity and what we're doing. Um, and they're never bullied into anything. And I think that goes further in relationship than almost anything else. Love that. So this has been awesome. Let's wrap it up with the final question that you liked. Um, and why don't you tell us what your plans are for the horses this year? Oh, yeah. Um, that is a great question. I, I have honestly been, my, my life has been so busy and hectic, like we were briefly talking about before um, we hopped on the podcast. But um, I think really the biggest thing is that I will be moving um, back to Texas um, with obviously with the horses. And, um, so I think my big focus is really just, um, I'm pretty anxious about finding the right barn and the right environment and making sure it has all the things that I really want. Um, and so that's really my biggest focus right now. And ideally I would, we're going to try to buy a home, but I keep searching Zillow for like, maybe somehow there's a, a, you know, horse property that I can, you know, afford, which in Austin, it's like, you have to be a millionaire, I guess. But, um, <laughs> I'm still like holding out hope that maybe I can find a way to have them at home. Cause that would just be like my dream come true. But other than that, like big picture, um, with Willow, I would say, um, I am still really trying to work on, I'm always trying to work on keeping her comfortable. Um, she struggles with her stifles a lot. She is, she has a longer back, her lower back gets sore frequently. I feel like I'm just kind of always, it's a lot better than it used to be. And I've kind of learned how to keep her comfortable, but she's just a horse that is like, I guess, made out of tissue paper. She's always some. <laughs> She's sore somewhere. I, that's what my vet said one time. Um, she's like always sore somewhere. And a big part of that is like, I'm really into, like I mentioned earlier, like the body work and understanding like correct, um, like balanced riding and just like ways to make her stronger and weight. And a big thing I think she struggles with is she, she holds a lot of tension physically. So I think a lot of it, like now I know we, we, you know, we ride as correct as possible and we do a lot of work with like ground poles and um, she's gotten a lot stronger, but she's, I still think she struggles to be really, really comfortable in her own body and she really struggles to release tension. So that's always something I'm just like always focused on and trying to figure out exactly how to fine tune um, while keeping her as like a riding horse. And then Tammy will be one at the end of March, which is <laughs> wild to me. Um, and I really, I'm trying really hard to not put too many goals against like what her yearling year is. Cause I want her to 
you know, be a baby, be a horse, um, but still like learn things. So I, I think really just um, my big goal would be like just getting like build, continuing to build our relationship and understand her better. And then, um, you know, her and Willow don't live at the same barn so it'll be really exciting to have them together in austin um and so hopefully they like each other and i think they will but um yeah i think i'm keeping it pretty loose and not i'm not putting too firm of um expectations on on any of us i love that so about the the body work because i'm interested to see if you know who i'm talking about have you heard of the balance through movement method I have. Um, Celeste lives in like the greater Seattle area too. Um, okay. Yeah, I haven't. Met, I know people who know her, and I actually, you know, what before I always I follow her on Instagram, and um, I think she does like amazing work. And um, I really, before I move, I sh- I feel like I should get her out just to see Willow or you know people that she works with. I don't I don't know how often. I think she just had a baby recently. I don't know how often she's like yeah. actually going on site, but um, yeah, really, I'm really into all of that. And like, um, yeah, just trying to, trying to find like um, more information constantly around like, you know, how can horses be more relaxed even with like contact or on a loose rein mm-hmm. or whatever, riding and just really feel confident and comfortable in their own body. Yeah. The um the girl that I have do the body work on and I'm like learning how to do it, but the girl who I have who's amazing, um, she did classes with Celeste and it's changed Rian especially. Like his body I mean, he was an off the track thoroughbred, so his body was already kind of messed up. And then he went through like a a bad year with a previous owner. Um and it's been really cool to watch his body change. And he's obviously not perfect yet, but he's a lot closer to it than he was. And that's been really cool to see. I love that. So since we were just talking about Instagram, Abby, do you have anything else that you want to ask before we wrap it up? Um, no, I think considering I won't stop talking unless I <laughs> myself. Um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and um, yeah. I, I think I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Awesome, awesome. So, since we were just talking about Instagram, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, sure. Um, my Instagram name is Mindful Mares, and uh, was previously Willow the Horse, but. Um, if you see, you know, reels of a baby horse flying around doing ridiculous things or, uh, Willow smiling and begging for treats, then you have come to the right place. Amazing. Love it. Um, thank you so much for spending two hours of your night with us. Yeah. Seriously, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, um, this is awesome. I, I'm so happy that you that you had me on. It it was so much fun. I honestly, I I wish we could have gotten more into the woo stuff because I feel like you and I were talking about that, and I know Abby and I have been talking about that. But um, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely.
Amazing. So obviously, guys, check out Angie on Instagram and then keep up with the podcast because we will have more guests on. So bye, guys. Thank you so much.